welcome to The Knowing Podcast. We're here to talk about healing, about insight, about cultivating and living from our own internal wisdom, and about the intention to live beautifully and compassionately as a human being during these times. We're really happy you're here. Okay, hello everyone. Uh, welcome to the first episode of the Knowing Podcast. My name is Ciel. I am a uh, an initiated and traditionally trained shamanic practitioner. Um, I live in central British Columbia, Canada, and I have been really excited about doing this project for a long time. It's been kind of on the the back of my mind, and never felt like quite the right time to explore this platform. But for whatever reason, uh, I suppose what's happening in my life and maybe what's happening in the collective, it feels like the right time. So really excited to be here. Um, I am joined by my friend who is a long way away from me. Um, Allison is here with me. Good morning, Allison. Hi. Uh, Allison and I have been working together for the last couple years. Um, she is a fantastic practitioner based in New York City. And I asked her to join me um, to get together and, and create a podcast focused on shamanic practices, but also on kind of a wider lens of, of healing practices and self-awareness work. And just because she is a, a seeker, um, as I am, and we felt like it would be a good fit to sit together and have some conversations. So, mm. Alison, I am super happy to be here with you. Alison and I have never actually met in person, <laughs> which is kind of strange. Um, I just found out yesterday that I'm actually taller than her, which makes me rather happy. I but feel like you're a little, a little too strange. proud of that. Oh, I'm so so happy about it but I actually realized this morning like I was thinking of you and I was like no no she's not five foot ten she's shorter than you and it was like it's still I, I can't quite let it go so at some point when we meet in person I maybe I'll, I'll release that but, I'll, or I'll wear my but, heels uh, yeah, totally. I might wear mine too. Then we'll have to we'll have to see how that goes. So uh, we are, are here today um, again. This is our first episode. We're just kind of exploring here, but wanted to um, dip into some topics surrounding spiritual practice and um, doing this work in the world, and maybe why we think it's important. Uh, give you guys, uh, give everyone listening some background on who we are and, and what we're all about. And then uh, kind of explore what's happening for us uh, collectively right now. So, so Alison, would you mind if I ask you if you wanted to introduce yourself first and just uh, give everyone a, a background of where you're at in your life? Um, well, first of all, I'm really happy to be here. And in a way, I feel like I'm sharing CL with all of you. Um, everyone in my life <laughs> certainly knows how much... She's meant to me the past few years and how much guidance and counsel and really just teachings that she constantly generously shares with me. And uh, we met a few years back now, coming up on three, I think, um, hmm. where I was at a point where I had just had this like really deep identity crisis where from the time I was three all the way up until three years ago, I kind of, more from four-ish at this point, I kind of, um, I'd always known that I wanted to be an actor and I always thought like, I for sure am this, this is my path, I didn't want anything else, it was just complete blinders on 
And then I just kind of fell out of love with it. And in a lot of ways, it felt like this kind of surprise divorce where everything I thought I was, I no longer wanted to be. And it wasn't because of any reason. Like it wasn't, things weren't going poorly. I had moved from Seattle to New York where I am now and all for the purpose of just kind of like seeing what the city had to offer for me as an artist. Um, and I just, I just didn't, I wasn't happy. It felt like something was missing and I'd always kind of had different connections to spirit. My mom, um, always really supported intuition, always really supported kind of connection and and listening to everything communicating around you. But it was also suppressed in the sense that it was like, this is meant to be very private. No one should know about this. This is behind closed doors. And so I always had this side of my life where it was like, I so deeply was curious about spirit and, and, and always felt like there was something more, things that we couldn't see. But I also felt like it was very separate from who I was in my public life. And so as I kind of had this identity crisis, it was like, I felt like these two things could no longer exist separately anymore, but I still didn't know what that meant for me. And in some ways, I still don't know what it means for me to be completely honest. Um, <laughs> but uh, what I, where I did find myself is I found myself in a community where people were very open about their connection to spirit, very open about it being a part of them and, and a part of who they were in the world. And it wasn't something that they hid. And so that was kind of my first taste of like, oh, okay, this isn't something to kind of feel fear around it was like in a way I it truly was like coming out of the spiritual closet and so it was like my first time I could say like oh I am intuitive and and I I am curious about these things and it is okay to be curious about these things and it's safe most importantly safe to be curious about these things um and in that I kind of found still something missing where it was like, okay, I kind of get this sense of magic and ceremony and ritual to some degree, but it felt not necessarily grounded in something that it's like, okay, but on a day to day, when we take away all of the objects, all of the stuff that kind of is like what spirituality is outfitted in a little bit these days, what's left, what's really there. And I had a friend introduce me to CL and it was, she was like, you have to talk to her. I think you'd really like her. She's very practical, pragmatic, but like she knows her shit. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> that's a big yes for me. <laughs> um, and I felt immediately that truth that CL is someone who has done the work, who understands that kind of ceremonial side but also it's like and you have to also do your own work there's no one who's going to do it for you um and we've been off and running ever since hmm. mm-hmm. you had this line alice and i were discussing what we were going to kind of explore in this initial topic and how did it go else in something about it's not a magic wand but it's a shovel yes it's like you go and you're seeking it's like when you first start like your spiritual seeking you're looking for your magic wand and you realize that you're actually just getting a shovel right right 
And that there's like a hole that you're going to, well, this sounds really shitty. There's not a hole you're going <laughs> to dig for the rest of your life. This is like purgatory. Um, but that, you know, there is, there's uncovering and, and I mean, I really appreciate and, and have deep gratitude for, you know, your reflections and what I offer or what the practices that I have been initiated into offer um, in that they are hard work, you know, but there's so much um, joy in the reclamation that is experienced in that hard work, the joy and the immense meaning in reconnecting with oneself and the natural world and with cycles and, and systems based knowing. And, you know, I, I know it to be hard work. I mean, I'm, I'm still and will always be doing this work. And that is a, a very important perspective that informs how I intend to show up in the world and how I work with people is that there's no guru, there's no like supreme teacher, but there is um, there is the potential for mastery, which is a different thing. Maybe we'll explore in a, in a further top or uh, episode, but that we are here to work. We are here to um, understand and learn and that this is the, the lifelong experience of being a human being. And it really, in some ways, saddens me that, you know, a lot of the time I don't think that's what people, like you're saying, Alison, I don't think that's what people really get out of um, spiritual practice a lot of the time. These these props that you were referencing, you know, like how many crystals do we have? How many ceremonies have we done? I mean, I'm, I'm a great lover and a, I appreciate deeply the medicine of, of plant work and and other ceremonial practices, obviously, but they are no substitute for the real inner work. And so that's really, I mean, what, what I practice and yeah, I don't, I don't have a magic wand. I don't even know <laughs> if I'd give it to people if, or I'd do anything with it if, if I had it, you know, so, yeah. but thank you. Yeah. That's actually one thing that I feel, yeah, that my, my mom always says like how lucky my generation is because we're so connected to each other. We have the internet and without the internet, I wouldn't have you. So I, there, there is a lot mm-hmm. of truth to that. But I think in mm-hmm. some ways, because we are all so connected to so many different options, it creates so much noise. And I feel that totally. really strong right now where it's like, I think that there's like this real want to find a spiritual practice and it's kind of so clouded by so many teachings in some way, mm-hmm. I feel like the traditional mm-hmm. way of learning, it's like you are kind of, maybe you have less options, but you are afforded mm-hmm. with being able to really look at who you are and what you feel. And we are forced to face ourselves sooner, I think. And I feel like that in a lot of ways is what is making this um, quarantine, this particular time so challenging, so uncertain, so kind of shocking to the Mm -hmm. system is that I think that it's like, Mm -hmm. this is the first time we're all really forced to be like, I actually can't be as distracted and it's like I can do all the zoom mm-hmm. meetings all the whatever remote in the world but I am still just here with me yeah yeah totally and it's I mean I think we've been I know we've been preparing for this and I, I do have faith in the human collective that you know we can encounter a circumstance like this and derive medicine from it you know cultivate our own inner knowing uh, through this process you know but mm-hmm. it's uh you know, not only are we over inundated with 
a, a plentitude, a paradox of choices. You know, we have so many choices that we don't know what to select a lot of the time, or we're overwhelmed by how many choices we have in terms of lineages and teachings. And like, it's, it's a beautiful kind of spiritual playground out there. But as a result of that, we're n never quite certain if we're doing the right thing. And we have this kind of the Goldilocks syndrome of, of going, yeah, that one's not quite right. And then we, we jump out of it, you know, and, Absolutely. and in order to gain real wisdom, we have to do hard work. And that's just the bottom line. There is no, there's no quick fix. You know, you cannot do 700 ayahuasca ceremonies and then you're going to just be like done. And I have been, you know, with people and in social settings where that, that belief is there that like we just need to do more of these ceremonies and stuff and it's it's making peace with ourselves that is the really hard work and and making peace and welcoming and learning to understand our emotional body and and the the, the deep wounds that we carry within us that lead to this immense compassion and joy when we're willing to to air them out and really have a look at them so mm. my work is really i mean I, I call myself a shamanic practitioner because uh, that is really, I mean, something that I am, I'm not proud of, but like in a sense, it, it is one of the most meaningful lineages that I have been connected to. But I also have a very solid grounding first in um, Buddhism, Shambhala Buddhism, and then in Western psychology. And I'm also a herbalist and a yoga teacher and have studied, I have a master's degree in integrative healing. And so I've studied many lineages of healing, Ayurvedic medicine, traditional Chinese medicine, and all of these kind of meld, you know, to, to uh, create a synthesis of practice and that comes through me, I suppose, um, and that I am able to access but even as, you know, I, I recognize the, the irony of saying here I am dabbling, not dabbling, I've really intensely studied, but experiencing all of these different lineages, but nothing um, is a substitute for the amount of meditation that I've done over mm. the years, you know, and that is the kind of the backbone of my practices. And then we can go and kind of explore different perspectives and, and lineages effectively and, and powerfully, I think so. So for so, people who are feeling like, okay, I'm ready, like I'm really ready to show up and mm -hmm, do this work, mm -hmm, what's the first mm -hmm. steps really? Well, I mean, really, I think that is perhaps the primary intention of wanting to do this podcast mm -hmm. is to support people in taking those. I mean, it's a hard thing because you, you, I don't think we can say these are the first steps for every person. Right? Mm -hmm. I have been incredibly blessed with amazing teachers that spirit the this the all that is has dropped into my life and they have met me where I where I was at that time and said okay here's where you are here's where you need to look you know and I mean my primary teacher who I studied with for five years was a Bolivian shaman and uh you know, for three of the five years that I worked with her, I, all I worked on was patience. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I often say I was about the shittiest student that anybody could ever <laughs> ask to be gifted, but I don't learn things particularly quickly. But I, I think that, you know, really simple practices like that of saying, and, you know, it's a hard thing to teach patience, but saying, be patient you know, and challenging ourselves to do those difficult things. I hear from people all the time. I'm just not a patient person, you know, in the same way, if you're a yoga teacher listening to this, I'm sure you've heard, I can't do yoga. I'm, I'm just not a flexible person, you know, right. and, 
And those we have to look at in order to be really effective, powerful spiritual practitioners, we have to look at those stories we tell ourselves around, well, I'm not a patient person, or I'm just an anxious person, or I'm not a flexible person, or, Mm -hmm. you know, I just don't like these types of people. I mean, this, as I was referencing in the start of this conversation, the the uncovering, the uh, un sort of... emerging self, you know, that we get to connect with as we walk these spiritual paths is, is not um, visible to us. Obviously it is hidden from us at first. And we have to be willing to, again, go into these really challenging places within our own psyches and life experience and say, what if I'm deluding myself here? You know, what if I am telling myself a story that's not maybe true and maybe Maybe I need to challenge that. Now, the challenge in that is is doing that with love and not with a sense of of condemnation for what we find in ourselves. And you know, self compassion is is by far the most important and difficult thing I think for modern human beings to develop. We are so hard on ourselves mm-hmm. a lot of the time, and then trying to prop ourselves up with kind of ego, you know, statements of of how amazing we are, how many followers on Instagram we have, you know. But those these these experiences of of patience, of generosity, of kindness, of service, of of being present, they they're not they're not accomplished quickly. They're not accomplished, you know, in a ceremony or in multiple ceremonies. They are they are only accomplished through hard work. And I know that we all have it in us because we would not be born on this earth right now if we didn't. Right. But it's not it's not fast right it's not something that's going to just like someone can snap their fingers and then it's going to be happening for us so right. so i suppose maybe you know using this platform as a means to encourage people to offer certainly practices to you know develop aspects of our our core self or a connection to our core self rather um but also just to support people in their in their journey because we um we have a we have an abundance of gurus. We have an abundance of people that say, "Come on, just wake up, like just do this." And I mean, they're they're so called non dual teachers, you know, that have spontaneous realizations, and then they walk out in the world and they go, you know, like just do it, just just stop stop fooling yourself, come into contact with yourself. And again, I am not a non dual teacher. I'm the farthest thing from a non dual teacher. Where like you can hit me upside of the head with like the truth seven hundred times, and I on the 699th I'll go oh yeah okay I get this and I I think that this is more reasonable for most of us you know that we need we need support we need tools we need um checking in you know with somebody and and this is is something else and I we've talked about this quite a bit is is an absence of teachers in um really good teachers in our communities who have been able to access um really uh, lineage-based wisdom, right? Mm. I, again, have been so lucky to have a traditionally trained Bolivian shaman. She was acknowledged when she was three and trained for her whole adult life um, by the Aymara of Bolivia. And, you know, she is, she's the most powerful person I've ever encountered. She's like the oracle for the Dalai Lama and, and she's just unbelievably wise 
Um, and then I've been trained by a Haida medicine man who was trained by his grandfather and his grandfather before him and, and hidden from the Canadian government when they were coming to Haida Gwaii to take children away into the residential schools because he was so important as a medicine person. Mm-hmm. But these lineages, uh, um, these are, have not been uh, acknowledged and in, in fact have been deliberately obliterated in most Indigenous traditions because these people held their communities together and and offered really important work to the the collective so those uh, unfortunately those teachers are, are not around anymore and I'm I am not indigenous um, but I have again just been blessed with these teachers and so perhaps you know hopefully this this can feel like support to anyone who feels called to this work mm-hmm. and I don't believe that you have to be on the path to a shaman um, to to be a shamanic practitioner these are different things all of us and I I know in my heart of hearts that this work is so important for us as a species right now to learn how to um, reconnect with our inner knowing to reconnect with nature to reconnect with um, intuition as you were mentioning and, and all of these deep inner worlds that our intellect-focused um, society of the last few hundred years have have really diminished in importance deliberately, um, and we've become all far too cerebral and and thought-focused, you know. And there's there's a loss of feeling, and and I think this is why we can be so unkind to ourselves, to our bodies, to each other, to the animal kingdom to the planet and in order to do the healing work necessary right now we need to reconnect with these these lines of of insight and and these places where wisdom can be accessed right well there's something in there that i feel like touches to something that i struggle with a lot or i guess i contemplate a lot which is my sensing my ability to help heal connect mm-hmm how mm-hmm. much of that is actually for myself that then kind of ripples mm-hmm. out to others? I think that there's this thing that I feel very like cautious of is seeking to help others so quickly because I really do want to help, want to make a difference in the world, want to do all the things that we kind of get raised to think like you will be this whatever thing on a on mm-hmm. the mountain, I don't know, but um, mm, special. Right? Special. And and there's this element that it's like I feel like I'm pulling back a little bit that it's just like, well, Mm -hmm. I'm still helping myself. And I think that the reason why it's, there's a confusing way to be is I think that there's so many people who feel this healing energy through them and this kind of ability to, to wake up or open up. And I think that it's easy to want to immediately jump to being of service to others, kind of like hanging your shingle and I think that there's yeah. this element where it's like capitalism still does bleed in there where it's like, how are you an entrepreneur? How are you making a business mm-hmm. from this? And I think that mm-hmm. that actually muddies people early in the path like I am where it's like, mm, how much of this is actually my identity? Like you saying that to mm-hmm. be a shamanic practitioner is different than being on the path to being a shaman. And I think that there is a lot of confusion. I mean, I feel a lot of 
confusion for that where it's like, you know, I want to help people and there's certainly people that I can help now. And then I also kind of like pull back and I'm a little like um, uh, off put at the whole process because it Mm -hmm. kind of feels like, well, who am I to do this now? Aren't there so many voices? Every, everybody's a a teacher and there's kind of no room to be a student because you're supposed to be an expert before you do anything. That's what it feels like to me. Does that make sense? Right. It makes perfect sense. I mean, it's such, it is really such a big topic to sort of unpack and tease out all the components of it. And I mean, you know, one thing I think is so interesting to note about ourselves. And I mean, I laugh not, not, you know, flippantly that this is what we're all doing, but that there's, there is a sort of humor at our own, um, our own amazing kind of way of, of confusing ourselves as human beings, that it is both, uh, manifestations of the ego to think I need to be special. And who am I to be special? Those mm-hmm. are both ego Right. And they're both playing out in that sort of experience for you as saying, right. you know, I really, really want to be special. But then, oh, my God, no, I can't really put myself out there. And and we're in this like crazy tug of war, um, you know, that I, I see and experience with a lot of people and, and uh, you know, women especially. But, you know, I, I, it's human. It's, it's this feeling of like, yes, I know that I have something to give, but who am I to really do this? And, and who am I to assume that I have something to to give and the work that has to be done is is not listening to either of those voices and aligning ourselves with states of being and and ways of operating in the world that are integrity based and and shamanic medicine and and practice has has such beautiful insight for that to say okay this is what a human being aligned within themselves and within the, the the energy of the entire system. This is what she does. This is how she acts, and we practice those. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is what Buddhism has as well is to say, especially Shambhala Buddhism. You know, the the, the core starting belief of of a Buddhist practice is people are basically good. Mm-hmm. And when they are aligned and feel loved and accepted and whole within themselves they do beautiful things and you know so it has these teachings too of like okay so a person who is aligned is compassionate well then seek in yourself where you do not find compassion you know seek in yourself the the places where you judge or where you sense separation or you create what we call the other in shamanic practice of like i am not like them they are Mm. bad right And those are the places, I mean, this is why it's such hard work is because then our ego says, well, no, 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 you're not like them. You're totally separate. But if we want to really be coming into our own understanding of power um, and our own, you know, ability to really show up and give our medicine to the world, whatever that might look like, whether you are painting houses or cooking food or taking care of children, this all medicine the more aligned we are, you know, and, and connected to our true self that is loving and generous and and deeply awestruck by like the experience of being human, then, you know, we, we don't have to listen to either one of those ego stories. We don't have to worry, am I too big or am I too small? It doesn't even happen anymore. And this is, mm-hmm. this is really what the state of knowing is, this term that my shamanic, my teacher gave me, um, 
you know, she would always say to me when I first met her, you need your knowing, you need to know. And I'd go, I, yeah, like I, I know, you know, I, I think I know, but <laughs> I was constantly in that like dance between, you know, who am I, uh, who am I allowed to be? Am I allowed to be big? Am I allowed, should I be small? You know, and, yeah. and knowing is not as much as the mind can know this truth, it doesn't emerge out of the mind. It emerges through being reconnected to the intelligence of the entire system around you and the intelligence of your body that says you belong here. You are perfect with all of your shit, with all of your whatever that's going on in you. You are perfect and you are made perfect and you are supposed to be here just the way that the birds and the trees and, you know, everything in the entire natural universe is made. We are like that. And we are the only things that go, ah, maybe I'm a little too fat, skinny, tall, not rich enough, whatever. We're the only ones that do that to ourselves. And mm. I mean, you know, every religious tradition has recognized this, whether they call it original sin or the, the, the fragmented self or whatever. But to know is, is we come back into saying, no, I'm, I'm supposed to be here. I am deliberately made. Spirit made me. And who am I to doubt whether I'm doing this or that? My job is just to offer everything that I possibly can to the world. And, and again, this is, it doesn't happen overnight coming into this space, but these tools and the lineages that I've been initiated into offer ways of remembering ways of remembering how to read the messages from the body, how to read the messages from nature. And then it's like, you know, it's like Rainer Maria Rilke said, you know, one day you will ask, keep asking the questions and one day you will live your way into the answer. Mm. And, and it emerges like that. Like I, I remember waking up and going, I don't hate myself anymore. Like I don't, I don't feel like there's something that I need to fix, you know, and and I believe this to be possible. I know that this is the the process that we're going through as a human species right now is is trying to remember this. Right, because so much is also coming with this, like, everything is to kind of self-optimize that it's like, mm-hmm. how can I be better? How can I, how can I, mm-hmm. it's always like peak experiences. We always want peak mm-hmm. experiences and be running mm-hmm. at our peak level. And I think that the challenge mm-hmm. is kind of saying like, and when I'm not running at my very best, what does a spiritual yeah. practice look like? And do I still right, right? You know, and it, and it, am I still okay? Right? Yeah. Even if you know, like I, I mean, I do my very best, and and I think this is very important for every spiritual teacher out there, every person who is in a position of power, you know, be that a parent, a teacher, a politician, is that the age of of this gross ego, you know, of, of saying, I, there's nothing wrong with me. I, I'm, you know, somehow infallible and, and, and I have sorted all of my shit out, you know, like that is coming to an end. And and I think the reason I know it's coming to an end is because you, you poor people down there have this guy for a president that is like (laughs) the most unbelievable expression of that, right. Of, of not looking at oneself, right. Of just going, nope, I'm all dialed in. And, but there are a lot of teachers and a lot of people out there as well offering this. And then we have people like Brene Brown and these amazing, 
um, practitioners who recognize that the vulnerability in their own humanity, expressing their own humanity, is what the world needs so that we can all learn to be kind to ourselves again. And only from that kindness can we give our gifts and do the service that we're meant to do. Mm. And so I really work hard to always disclose to people, you know, like, wow, <laughs> I was such an asshole to my husband yesterday, you know, and like, I did this. And then I realized what I was doing and, and, and disclosing to them, you know, that, that everybody is again, still a process. We are not in a linear journey from A to B and at B we sit down and rest on our laurels for the rest right. of our life and go sweet. Everyone needs to like kiss my feet and right. pay me lots of money. It's not I did that few. <laughs> Yeah, what's that? It's like, yeah, who I did that. <laughs> done. Yeah, yeah, now I'm done. And I, I mean, I always say to people, like, if you're done, you're going to spontaneously combust because <laughs> spirit is like, you don't need to be here anymore. That's enough. <laughs> like, this is this is a learning place. And we don't, mm. our, our, our thinking mind, our, our cerebral kind of faculties don't like never-ending processes. They don't like the great mystery. They don't like the unknown. They want to make things known, right? And I mean, in the, you know, the traditions of Don Juan that Carlos Castaneda was trained into, you know, he'd say a shamanic practitioner, a warrior leaps into the unknown. But that is something that is required, I think, of every human being to be open to every day and go, I don't know. I don't know. And and I think, you know, you were referencing like the pandemic and the situation on the planet right now. And I think that is perhaps the most important space that we need to practice occupying right now is saying, I don't know. Mm. We can read all the articles. I, I love reading about what's happening and I, I have a deep interest in epidemiology and background in biology. And, and so I, I really enjoy kind of trying to play along with like what's going on and how people are understanding what's happening. But it is resting in the not knowing that is the most uncomfortable for us. Absolutely. And that's also, yeah, but it's where we have to, that's the only place that we're going to connect with our own true selves and be able to stay open to each other and not have this whole circumstance result in some kind of deeper lines in the sand, harder borders, a greater sense of the other. Right. But I think the question in that is really how that it's like for those mm -hmm. of us just sitting in our apartments and mm -hmm. it's like, okay, I'm ready to, to not know and to lean into this mm -hmm. uncertainty. What does that actually look like? Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of it is not to oversimplify this as a process, but being able to feel what it is that we're actually feeling mm -hmm. rather than allowing the mind to take over and make a story that makes us feel comfortable so we don't have to address those like core underlying sensations, which are going to be fear, all fear-based, right? right? And all of it is going to emerge as, you know, be that anxiety, fear, um, irritation and anger, you know, or manifestations of fear that we we kind of don't normally associate, but it's, it's really often a similar energy of wanting to protect ourselves, right? right? So we get indignant at somebody else and that makes us feel better. It's like, you know, eating something sugary. We get this like hit of neurochemicals that say, yeah, you're okay. You're on top. That person's, you know, an idiot and you have figured things out. And then we don't have to feel what we're feeling. And it's in in sitting. I mean, again, as you said at the beginning, Alison, your wisdom already shows you that what is asked of us right now is this quality of stillness and saying, what do I find here? Why have I been running so fast? Why have I been keeping myself so busy? Why can I not 
immerse with this moment and, and experience what my body is feeling or the taste of the food that I'm eating or, or whatever is happening right now. I mean, look at what we're doing as a species going faster and faster and faster and faster mm. and trying to run away from our feelings, right? And again, you know, my intention and our intention here is to offer some some tools from psychology, from, from spiritual lineages that say, here's how to feel these things. Here's how to get into connection with what it is that you're trying to run away from right and when we do that for ourselves we we can we can be open in a completely different way to what it is that's occurring in other people I, I think that really speaks to something that I'm noticing a lot online social media all this thing where I keep seeing this kind of idea pop up which is like not everyone is in a privileged enough place to make this a spiritual mm-hmm. experience and that mm-hmm. breaks my heart because mm-hmm. it's while it's true that there are actually like real world issues as far as like people not mm-hmm. knowing if they can pay their bills people not having enough food um people living in food deserts i'm in an area that's yeah. really hard to grocery shop there, there's just this element where it's like yes there are people genuinely truly oppressively mm-hmm. struggling and also yeah this work is maybe especially for them. Um, yeah. I think that there's this idea that it's like, oh yeah, if you are in a comfortable enough position, you can turn this into like some spiritual retreat. Right. And it's just kind of like, but in the small ways, when we're really going through like real deep stuff, how do we feel okay enough to even slow down when we're worried about mm-hmm. kids or bills or... Mm-hmm. All that. So first, though, I want to acknowledge that this practice of recognizing your privilege and still leaving the possibility of a person who does not have that privilege being wiser and more capable of learning than you are, mm-hmm. or than a, than a person in a place of privilege is. I mean, I, you know, to to pick a low hanging fruit as a as a example of this, you know, like Nelson Mandela sitting in prison for however long, 25 years? Yeah, something like that. For? Yeah, it was you 20s know, years. This man came, yeah, came out of prison, not full of hatred, not vindictive, not wanting to, you know, get revenge on the people that put him there, but with this immense heart and this incredible compassion and wisdom. And he did not, I mean, this is, this is an absolute lack, lack of privilege here. You know, you're, you're in a jail cell for this long for something you didn't even do. Right. And he came out wise. And so while I think that we can do both and in this sort of circumstance where we can recognize, I know my privilege, I am I'm deeply privileged, but I also will not um, diminish the potential of another individual's path by saying that they are not capable of doing this work, right? right? You're not expecting it. This is not about placing demands or, you know, shaming people if they don't choose to, but right. that the the feeling of seeing a person as pure potential you know like i really that is i think one of the greatest gifts of doing this work for me is that 
I feel like that's what my first teacher really was teaching me was to be able to see not what people are presenting themselves as right now, but what it is that they are capable of becoming. And mm. people have so much in them, you know, and I mean, you, you can't just say, oh, yeah, you have so much like just don't ignore your bills and, and ignore, you know, the screaming children and the fact that you don't have a job right now. You can't do that. Right. But you can practice presence. And that, you know, I'm not saying that everyone has to go into meditation right now, but mindfulness is a, is a basic starting point to say, where am I right now? Can I connect with my body? Mm-hmm. Is there space for me to feel a little bit of my grief, you know, which we're all feeling right now? And and can I can I hold that a little bit, you know, or can I ask for help in holding that? And and slowly but surely, you know, anyone can, as you say, come into connection with their inner world and, and know their own gifts. But it's, yeah, certainly maybe we're going to be easier, but, you know, I mean, as they say in the Bible, it is is easier, what is it, to get a camel through the eye of a needle than to get a rich man into heaven. Mm. I, I'm not a religious person in that sense, but in this, in, in any particular sense, but that, that, that reference is like, you can have all the money in the world and you can still hate yourself. Right. You can still be deeply um, distorted in the relationship that you have with your inner world, you know? And so uh, there's potential in all people and no matter what our circumstance, you know, I, I do think that there is, there's perfection in that process for people and saying, okay, here's what you need to learn right now. Right. It's a hard one. It's, it's definitely, you know, it's such a nuanced conversation. We're not particularly fond of nuanced conversations in society right now. <laughs> We're I not. don't know if you've noticed that. It's, it's a strange thing. <laughs> just a thing. little bit. We're just not that nuanced. There's black and then there's white yes. and right and wrong. And, and it is living in the in-between and being comfortable with nuance that is, is really our practice. And that, when you think about how our minds work, you know, we like that. We like to say that's a bad person, that's a good person, that's right, that's wrong. And you see this probably emerging intensely right now on on Facebook, on all of these social media platforms mm-hmm. of people getting into these incredible arguments about who's right and wrong. And and can we sit in the not knowing right now? You know, and, and the irony or the kind of paradox of that is that that's where knowing comes from, is that we're not trying to find certainty and surety in what the world is all about. We're trying to connect with a sense of belonging and a sense of of really remembering our our that we have a place here, that we're supposed to be here, and so is everybody else. Yes. So well I look forward to diving in deeper to all of these things. Yeah, I mean it's I really I hope this is meaningful for people. I really hope that we can offer tools again and support and a sense of of um integration you know it's it's really we are so blessed with these incredible minds and these thinking capacities and then we have these unbelievable generous hearts and I so see you know the best of and the worst of both of those spaces coming out right now of like people you know thinking deeply about what's happening and reflecting on this and then the kind of worst of using our mind is is getting very ideological and very you know dogmatic in in your perspectives and then you know we've got this wide open heart that is people trying to help each other and and you know offer what they can right. and then the closed down heart of of just really i imagine people suffering you know and and wondering about their self-worth and and what it is that they're doing and feeling really stressed about how their life is going, you know, and these are, these are intense times, but there's, there's this, 
perspective in physics, uh, Fritjof Capra rep- uh, references it in a couple of his books, and he calls it the tension of opposites. And his his perspective is that when things are very polar, you know, and he's referencing sort of more an electromagnetic system, when you get really, really, really far on both ends of a polar system, it's just kind of where we're at as a species right now. We're really far to the right and really far to the left. There's not a lot of middle ground. Right. There is the possibility to birth what he calls, what physics calls the emergent property, which is this thing, this, you know, maybe for us, this perspective, this way of being, this way of interacting with each other that you can't anticipate from what was before. And it transforms everything. And I feel like this is the time. This is what we're doing. And we've been doing this for a while, but this is this intense kind of vortex that we're in right now, this portal of going, can we birth a new way out of this tension? And and that's, it is very possible. And I hope that whatever we can offer here is, is some medicine in, in pursuit of those, those, that aim. Right. Here, here. Yes. Here, here. Here, yeah. here. So just uh, small goals. We're going to start light, you know, explore just some like really. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't even know. I, I, I actually, I think I'm pretty good at small talk, but like anyone who knows me quite well, I, I can talk. So um, this might be the, the best and the worst place for me to be residing. So. You have to keep me in check. <laughs> the emergent property. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, awesome. So, um, yeah, we uh, we have some tentative plans. We're going to be back on this on this uh, format here in this format um, fairly soon. Really encourage anyone listening who is um, has any questions who really would like us to explore certain topics to reach out. Uh, both of us are available on um, social media. I suppose the best way to reach you is on Instagram, Allison. Yeah, probably Allison Strickland underscore. And I'm at CL Grove, I think. And um, yeah, reach out. I mean, I, I, the the interactive quality of like doing this kind of stuff is so exciting to me to actually be able to to spin some conversations that are meaningful to people, though I know that, you know, the more that we hear people speaking their truth, again, you know, teachers like people like Brene Brown, who is just such a glorious like light in the world because mm-hmm. she says, here's all of me, you know, and we don't want perfected people anymore. We don't, we don't want that, like, um, the, the fully realized ego self, you know, who says, look at me, I'm perfect. We want the flawed, real trans, uh, I don't know, transparent human, you know, Mm. and to see ourselves in it. And, and that is too, our intention here is, is not to, not to create some lofty goal, unreachable goal, because we're all, we're all in this. Absolutely. Thanks, Allison. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yes. We'll be back here soon. So thanks everyone listening and um, take care of yourselves. The Knowing is an Intelligy production and was recorded and produced on the traditional unceded territory of the Northern Sequipmic people. Music, editing, and production by Brent Morton at Bell Tower Audio. 
May our hearts and minds remain open. May we meet this day with equanimity and compassion. And may we remember our belonging to this earth, to each other, and to all that is.